Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Jay Zawoski, Greg Boyson, Mario Tirabasi, we are here. It feels like we've never left. Mm-hmm. We have done roughly uh, like 20 hours of hockey coverage in the last uh, two days. <laughs> feels like seems it. like it. Or yeah. so. Uh, we had the uh, Hawks exit interviews today. We're going to share some of that audio but with yesterday's show, we didn't really get the chance to get into much of what Kyle Davidson said on Thursday, so we're going to start the show there. First, thanks for joining us. Make sure you smash that like button for us on YouTube. Make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube page. Make sure on our podcast page uh, that you're following or subscribed there. Leave us a five-star Apple Podcast review or Spotify review there. Another thing we want to call your attention to, our bracket challenge is open to sign up for the brackets will not be set until tonight. There's still playoff matchups to be worked out, but if you go to our our Twitter account at chgo underscore Blackhawks, the pinned tweet is the link to join the bracket. The password is Captain Nineteen. That's all caps. And I'm going to say this a million times: make sure once you sign up, you go into the settings and change your entry name to your email address. So if you win, we can reach you. All right, that's good. Winning things is better when you could be reached and given the prize. I don't think last year's winner ever got a T-shirt because we had no idea. No, who we had was. no, no idea who, who it was or how to reach. <laughs> exactly. So make sure when you sign up, you hit that little cog, the little gear wheel, whatever you want to call it, and change your entry name to your email address. Is it the T-shirt that they are winning the Jonathan Taze? I think they can pick T-shirt. It is a shirt of their choice, but I'm assuming it has to be a Blackhawk shirt. Though. That you're, people you're not will, yeah. allowed to win the Stanley Cup bracket and pick a Cubs shirt. <laughs> I will right. not stand for that. All right, so the Hawks shirt of your choice. I like that rule, uh, including our new uh, captain, oh captain, my captain yep. design. That our, our retro CHGO with the actual hawk on it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Get yourself that Hosa shirt. Hosa yep. shirt, or, or the, the original, right, right in the, front of the me. Show it's classic, the show logo. The show logo. The the OG shirt. Yes. And Can, uh, and yes, uh, Norfin26. The password is CAPTAIN19, all capitals CAPTAIN, and the yes. number 1919. Correct. Can you throw that new pattern up one more time so people can see it if they haven't seen it yet? Yeah, the new, a, uh, new The new shirt. Oh Captain My Captain design available at chgolocker.com. If you're a diehard, good news, you save 20%. If you're not a diehard, good news. When you become one, you get a free shirt or hat of your choice. 
great thing about this is the graphic has been updated yes. to add the goal he good, scored last good night. Good thing they didn't send that to the printers already. <laughs> so that one says that's on your screen 371 goals. Taves actually has 372 goals. Whether you ordered it yesterday or today, you will have the correct number oh, on there. Never fear. <laughs> I, I had the idea that they would just cross out the one and write a two there. <laughs> <laughs> just include a little tiny sticker with every yeah. order. Uh, all right. No, yeah, it's yeah. going to be all all updated. Yeah, good stuff. So, uh, again, thanks for being here with us. We appreciate it. Reminder to smash that like button. And let's get started because we've got a lot to get to and not a lot of time to get to it or energy to get to it. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Davidson spoke bright and early yesterday, 9 yes. a.m., and had a lot to say. And before we get into the specifics, you know, I've, I've never really had many moments where I've thought, wow, this guy really doesn't know what he's doing or... You know, he's made some difficult moves and some painful moves, but his his reasoning is correct. And I left yesterday feeling the same way. I just mm -hmm. really feel like his vision, whether or not it works out as perfectly as we all hope it does, is sound. He is standing by it. He is steadfast in his belief that this is the best way to do it. He is ruthless. He is heartless. And that is exactly how I want my GM to operate. Uh, and I w left that room yesterday feeling very good about the future of the Blackhawks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think every t every time he's explained what the path forward is for the team and how they're going to try and reach the goal of getting back to consistent Stanley Cup contention, um, I, 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 never, I never look at it and I'm like, eh, I wouldn't do that. Like, there's a, there's a lot of things that, that make a lot of sense – in the long-term plan of, of, of what he's trying to accomplish as GM. And, and I think the best thing uh, about it is that while he is making a lot of decisions based on, you know, kind of consulting with his, with his management group, um, the, the conglomerate of assistant GMs he has, uh, he's, he's still wearing every decision, which I think is, is, important for for a gm to have uh account accountability so if we're talking you know five six seven years down the road and this team still is not even close to playoff contention then you can point the finger at davidson and be like hey uh what you were doing didn't work and and i think even though right now we're all pretty much i think most blackhawks fans are on board with what he's doing uh, given kind of the necessity of what needs to happen. Um, if it doesn't work out, then that's that's on him. That's on him and his plan not, not working. So it's not like he's going to go into this saying, well, some of these decisions were mine, but some weren't weren't mine. So, you know, don't blame me for everything. Uh, he's he's putting his name all over this rebuild, yeah. uh, which I think is it. which I think is you have to do as a GM. So I appreciate that. And, and yeah, I think. You know, there, there needs to be a lot of patience with, with how this thing is going to go. But so far, I haven't seen anything for me that says, like you said, I, I, I agree. I don't see anything from him that I'm like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, I, uh, he, he's definitely showed that he's ruthless, <clears throat> doesn't care about hurting people's feelings, doesn't care what people's opinions are of him, right or wrong. You need that when you're in that type of job you, you can't be everybody's buddy you can't be everybody's friend you got to be like hey while you work for me i'm here to support you but the second i can get something better 
get your ass out the door. Like, right. and that that's what you got to have. And and, and <clears throat> it's gonna be interesting to see as they transition from Reba. It's very easy to be super aggressive and cold when you're tearing it down and building it back up. But when you get to the point where you have to make some hard decisions to get to that next level, to get that final piece of the puzzle, mm-hmm. does he still have that aggression? Like we we ripped Kyle Dubas a new one last year at the trade deadline when he didn't want to part with a first-round pick to get Marc-Andre Fleury. A team that's desperate for winning a cup hasn't been out of the first round in years with this super talented group. Wouldn't is worried about giving away the future when the fans don't give a crap about the future in Toronto. They want to win right now. He learned that lesson. He was far more aggressive this year. Really aggressive this year. Well, it's his. Oh, it's funny how more aggressive (laughs) you can be when you don't have a contract. Your job's on the line. You know, so. And I don't think. Davidson's going to change much when he gets to the role of the guy that needs to, you know, start trading away some assets to gain veteran players or a star player or to get his version of Marion Hosa yeah. to put them over the top. Um, I, I, Based on what we've seen so far, granted it's been just a little over a year, I don't think he'll all of a sudden become timid when it's all of a sudden it's easy to trade away guys that other people drafted but does he get attached to his yeah. early draft picks his top draft yeah. picks like he who shall not be named uh had well not really he had he, he was really he gave away first he, round picks like there were nothing yeah. but there were some guys you know that he <clears throat> had an affinity for and and does he does he be, grow attached to to a kevin korchinski or you know sam renzel's kind of a project guy does he if he progresses in the next couple of years, is he willing to maybe trade him to get something else he needs? We'll see. Those are the fun things. What I like about Davidson is that he said it yesterday. Like he, he definitely acknowledges the gravity of what he's had to do as GM this season, getting rid of uh, or not bringing back Jonathan Taze, um, you know, trading Patrick Kane and, and basically closing the door on that era of hockey, which, when he joined the organization uh, in the 2010-2011 season, like as an in, as an intern at that time, um, you know he's he's grown in his role with the team over the last 13 years alongside those guys uh, as they played out their careers here. So he does have an attachment to to those players, and we saw it in the uh, in the you know documentary that the Blackhawks are producing. You know his conversation with Patrick Kane and and the trade and everything like he does have an attachment to the players, but I think what he, what he knows his job requires is to understand that empathize with that from a fan's perspective, but also be able to separate that from the job he has to do. And that, that is really uh, impressive to see from a person who's the same age as me. Whereas if I was in his position, I think it would be really hard to be like, uh, yeah, I'm going to trade Patrick Kane and I'm going to say no to Jonathan Taze and everything that everybody loves is gone. Like, that'd be hard to do. So I, I, I think it is uh, impressive for him to be able to have that perspective but also separate himself from it. Well, that sets up very nicely the first piece of uh, tape we want to play from yesterday. Uh, here is Kyle Davidson commenting on, um, well, frankly, the future of the team. Um, 
perhaps I'll think about it at some point. I don't think, uh, you know, in the moment you, you, you understand the weight of it, but I don't necessarily look at it like that. Um, it's, this is about us trying to get back to where we want to be. And if, um, you know, if those tough decisions have to be made, then I, I have to make them. That's, uh, you know, I don't know if uh, resting on whether it be sentimentality or, or um, you know, the past uh, does us any good in the future, um, you know, but it, it's, they're, they're very hard and, and uh, I don't necessarily reflect too much on it because there's always something new that you're always trying to solve for, but um, it's, it's not easy and, and, but we do it from the best place in that we think it's the best for the long-term prospects of the team. He said it as softly as he could. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if resting on sentimentality or the past does us any good in the future. What he's saying is, I know you have happy memories. Happy memories don't help us win. Yeah. Don't help us get to the Stanley Cup. And the longer you prolong and the longer you delay and the longer you sign for just one more year, because Johnny and Patrick want to be here just one more time, one more time, you're just delaying the next era from beginning and all of us if you missed our show last night and i know it was late go back and check it out all of us were emotional last night mm -hmm. seeing jonathan taves play for the last time right of course of course that's natural but you want your gm to see the reality of the hawks success is based in the future not the past mm -hmm. and that is how he's operating you uh you think Brian Burke and Ron Hextall wish they were looking more towards the future than the past because yeah. those guys are unemployed right now. Yep. yep. Because they decided to bring back the 2009 Stanley Cup champs for one more five-year run. And now they may be panelists on CHGO Blackhawks because they have nothing to do. <laughs> I, I, love I mean, think Ron, about Ron, that. They, they've I got love that Brian Burke. They have, I love Brian Burke four, they have three years left of Evgeny Malkin. Two years left to Crosby, which is fine. Crosby's going to be good for a long time. So Malkin had a really good season too. Yeah, but sure. Yeah, but they had good. They had good. What did seasons. they get him? Nothing. Chris Letang is signed through twenty twenty seven twenty eight. Chris Letang is currently thirty five. That's worse than the Seabrook contract. What right are you now. doing? That's worse than the Seabrook deal. It, Seabrook was at least productive for two to three years of that deal. Yeah, yeah. But he wasn't thirty five when he signed that deal. This yeah. is and, the, and Chris Letang's health issues. Mm -hmm. Right, are a major concern. There's no way he plays at that out. What what the Penguins are doing is what keeps you in misery hockey wise. There, for that is, fifteen to twenty. That's years. a franchise going nowhere for a long, long time. Right, because now they didn't make the playoffs, and they're going to draft what twenty first, twenty second, or nineteenth, seventeenth. Okay, what is sixteenth? People people think yeah. that drafting fourth gets you a bum. What is, get, what is drafting 17th or 18th going to get you? A four times bum. Yeah. I mean, sure, you could you could definitely get great players at that spot. Lucas Reichel was taken 17th. Sure. So you can, but if you're not going to make the playoffs, go, just be bad and try and get yeah. one of those top five guys. Man, I, I don't – I mean, I, I'm fine with it because I don't like the Penguins, but – the last guy that was here was trying to That's do what that. That's what he's trying to do. Yep. And also, had Pittsburgh won the game against Chicago or Columbus, 
and squeak into the playoffs, what does that get you? First round matchup. Four, game, four games again, your ass whooped. <laughs> first round matchup against the Bruins. So it's just like, yeah, maybe you make the playoffs, keep that streak alive, but to get you know, blasted in, in one round by a historically uh, hot Bruins team, um, is it worth it to, to you know, you're, and you're still going to pick 18th, you know? Yep. So you're not, you're not any better for it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that, that, is, that is not the way to go. Um, Obviously, ownership there doesn't feel that way. Well, they said, you know what, you guys can leave now. They were only there, what, two seasons? I think two seasons. But, I mean, now they have, they have, you would imagine they would have to bring in somebody that has the vision of the opposite of, of, of what was being done. So, not just try and hang on for this little bit of time. It's, they're, they're kind of in a position that the Blackhawks were in, where it was like, hanging on to what you've tried to do the last few seasons wasn't working. So you got to change things up. So I don't know what Pittsburgh is going to do, but it might look a lot like what Chicago is going through right well, now in, only, in due time. The only guy that out of those three you could trade really would be Crosby. Do you do that? I don't know. You new GM first day on a job, you trade Sidney freaking Crosby. Kyle Davidson that, would. Well, yeah, well, there's only one <laughs> Kyle Davidson and he's, he's locked down. Like that's, <laughs> No one's taking Chris Letang. For not nobody no. is taking Chris Letang. That's tough. Not that kind yeah. of trying. And no, no one's going to take Malkin's deal for that kind of, for I, that much money in that length. Don't sell the NHL short. There are teams that would, but it wouldn't you're be gonna smart. You're going to yeah, you're going to have to retain and you're going to have to mm-hmm. sweeten the deal with a It gets messy. Yeah, you just can't Oh well. I mean, it's nice to see it happen to somebody else instead of here. Yeah, uh Davidson went on to kind of talk about what clearing the deck of Taves and Kane um, allows the young players in the next generation to do. This is another important piece. Yeah, I don't know if it's it's necessarily putting the past behind us. It's more so um, clearing the deck to some extent to allow the organic growth for young players into leadership roles and um, offer this new era of Blackhawks player the same opportunity that Taves, Kane, Keith Seabrook they were all offered when they came into the league. They're, you know, uh, when when there's a, a player like Jonathan or Patrick in your locker room, you defer to them. You just let let them handle the leadership, and and there's not a lot of development opportunity there. And so there's now we believe that it's it was something that's beneficial for this next group to allow leaders to emerge, and you know, form that relationship with form that relationship with myself in the locker room, be the voice. Uh, rather than deferring to someone that's, that's been here for so long and, and it gives them an opportunity to step up and, and, and be the new leadership of the, of the franchise. This comment delighted me because it's something we've talked about all year. Sounds like someone's been listening to our show. <laughs> Kel <laughs> Davis is like, very smart. good point, Greg. Great mind. Chat that down for my end-of-season press very, conference. Very smart, well-spoken uh, <laughs> thought right there. Yeah. Sounds great. But I I think it's, it's true, I, and I think... Look, even even covering the team is a little bit intimidating with those guys around because they've been there so long. They're these veterans or these legends or these Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. They're going to be an easier team to cover next year, right? I know it sounds kind of silly, but, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, it's there is a different vibe when those guys are around and when they're present, yeah. and it's not a bad thing. I don't want to say it's a bad thing, but I do think as you look for this next generation of leaders to step up, 
it's going to be nice for them to just organically take on that role yeah. and just say, you know, it's not going to be voted. It's not going to be like, you're a captain, you're a captain, you're a captain. That's going to happen naturally. Yeah. And I and I think that's about that's how it happened when when these guys came in. And yes, of course, when Taze was drafted, everyone knew he was captain material, but they weren't so sure about how he would actually execute the job. And it only took one year to convince them that he was right. the guy. Yeah, and and I, I you know I, I saw a lot of people yesterday on online kind of freaking out at this at this comment saying, yeah, well, Keith and Seabrook and Sharp and and all those guys they were already there. Yeah, but. I think the context of, of, of what he's saying is that it wasn't like they all showed up at the same time and all were prepackaged, legendary, ready-to-be-legend players. They weren't. Keith and Seabrook were two years into their NHL yeah, careers. Young players two very young too. guys. Patrick Sharp was two, uh, two seasons with the Blackhawks. Like, I think he had three NHL seasons under his belt at that time. Um, none of them were surefire you know all could have been captains all were going to be legends and great great Blackhawks they weren't that wasn't clear yet they were all still developing in their young careers and they got the opportunity to do that all together and yeah there had to be veterans alongside with them of course like you can't just have a team full of 19 and 20 year olds and expect success trust me I've tried it on NHL 23 it doesn't work (laughs) um so you know, you have to have that ability to, to to let those kind of let those guys kind of all come up together, but they're all coming staggeredly. Taze and Kane came two years after Keith and Seabrook and, and and Sharp were here for a bit. So if you want to kind of project it out, let's say next season we're talking about Lucas Reichel, maybe Philip Kurashev, maybe Alex Vlasic, uh, all kind of coming coming along. Isaac Phillips. Then next season, you're talking about those guys, plus maybe a Kevin Korchinski and an Ethan Del Mastro, maybe Frank Nazar. Then the next season, you have another wave of guys. Maybe whoever they draft this year is in that wave. Maybe maybe next year, Connor Bedard's part of it. Maybe next year or the season after, Adam Fantilli's part of it. Coming in waves with the, with, with the players uh, in their leadership roles, that's going to be... Um, that's going to be key to this because you, you can't have them all be here at the same time. Um, it, 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 it takes some patience. And, and when a guy like Lucas Reichel, who already has you know, two North American professional seasons under his belt, he's proven he's an NHL-ready player. Um, when he has two full 82-game seasons of NHL experience, like, he's going to be a guy that can you know, take some of those younger guys along with him being like, hey, I've, I've, I've been in your shoes two years ago. Here, here's what you can do to, to succeed. Here's what we do as, as Blackhawks and, and, and all that. So I think it's all, it's all important to kind of keep that in, in that perspective that this is, this is going to be coming in, in different uh, segments. I'm just looking at the 2007-2008 roster, the year Patrick Kane and, and Jonathan Taves came into the room. Yeah. There were no three-time Stanley Cup winners on that no. roster. Your your veteran guys on that team was a thirty seven year old Robert Lang, uh, on a one year deal, I believe. Yeah, uh, he was just getting there too. You had thirty six year old Martin Martin Lapointe who had some success with the Red Wings. So, but 
not a guy that commands. He's not a legendary Hall of Fame player. Yeah, that's Dave Bolin going to another team. <laughs> yeah, not Jonathan. It's Tate not a. Going it's so team. like yeah. your 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 veteran players on that team. Jason Williams, uh, Martin Havlat. That was his first year here. There too. Uh, Renee Bork, Brett Sopel, yeah, Yannick Perot. I mean, these aren't guys that are Commanding Hall of Fame room. players. Yeah, they're exactly. not guys that young players are going to walk in and go. Oh my God, that's Yannick Perot. I'm so nervous. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that. You, you never know. Right. Good old 94. You never know. Um, in, the, uh, in the spirit of fairness, uh, Connor Murphy had an interesting comment. We're going to fast forward a little bit to today. Uh, and he sort of talked about his, time, like his arrival in Chicago and how Jonathan Taves made him feel welcome. I thought this was interesting. My first year here, um, him just kind of just showing what he's all about work ethic wise and, and seeing that first and foremost. And then when you got a chance to talk to him, realizing that was all coming from a, a motivation and a place of wanting to win as a whole and, and wanting to bring everyone together. And he always was so big on wanting everyone to step up and, and be comfortable and use their voice and be leaders in their own way and not just hide behind, uh, behind other players. Um, because here there's so many guys like him at the time who had been such big names that it naturally you'd come in and want to just hide and not not be seen too much, and uh, he was he was so big on making sure everyone was uh, was comfortable and was uh, stepping up to be the best they could, and I think that that speaks to the leadership to such a high level that not many guys are able to reach to. I love Connor Murphy. Yeah. The more I hear that dude talk, I'm like, even though I don't, and we'll get to this later. He he does not want the captaincy. He thinks it should be vacant, but. There's your de facto captain for Seems the next like few it, yeah. years. I mean, he is a thoughtful speaker. He is a confident speaker. I think not Taves and Kane level of respect, but he kind of commands respect. You can tell, like, there's a – the way he carries himself, he has been, even more so than Taves, I'll say, over the last two years, the guy who has spoken up about social issues and other things. Like, he has really kind of taken – a leadership role on his team, but I did think it was interesting that Murphy went out of his way today to say Taves did everything he could to make everyone feel like they had a voice. It's a little bit of a juxtaposition as to what Davidson is saying in terms of clearing the decks, but still, if I if I walk into a room and 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 Keith Keith Richards is there and makes me feel welcome. I'm still going to be intimidated by it, right? right? Like, right. it's still it's still intimidating. <laughs> well, you could compare it to us joining the beat last season. We're yeah. walking in, as he, or even the start of this season. There's still times where it's like, I don't want to step on Scott Powers' toes by asking a question before he does, or Tracy Myers usually gets the first question right. of the scrum. You don't want to step on their toes because they, they're the veterans. They've been there for so long. They're the pros. So it's kind of the same idea. Like, am I doing this right by, like – Taking taking the the faceoff drill before Jonathan Taves, do I have to defer? Like, there's unwritten rules that you're not exactly sure what they are yeah. when you get there first. So, I'm interested to see Connor Murphy next year. Now that Jonathan Taves is gone, how much more of a leadership role yep. he he takes on? There's a few guys there next year that will will expand to that. Not saying they're going to be the Jonathan Taves level leader, but Murphy can definitely do it he's the longest tenured blackhawk now nobody's been here yeah. longer than he has mm -hmm. seth jones is what the second longest tenure him and tyler johnson are like the second yeah. longest tenured yeah, blackhawks they, they showed up years. in the same offseason yeah so you know those are two guys tyler tyler johnson is is a is a future coach 
Uh, yeah. he, he's a he's got natural born leader uh, qualities. So it's gonna be interesting to see what those guys do, especially Murphy and Johnson. Yeah. I know Jones says that he wants to do more leadership wise. I just don't know if that's his personality. Yeah, and that's okay too. Mm, that's fine. Not yeah. everybody needs to be the rah rah cheerleader guy. Some guys just go out and lead by lead by the way you play. You don't have to be screaming and yelling at everybody or teaching everybody. Just go like, hey. Go watch how I just did that. Yeah. Like some guys are that way. You don't watch how I prepare. Yeah. You don't need 18 Jonathan Taves on your team to be successful. Yeah. If you think Duncan Keith was in there, like, here's how I do it, young man. No. No. You just watch the pro work. Duncan Keith was like, watch how I do it, kid. Yeah. Keep up if you can. Right. You Mm -hmm. won't. But try. (laughs) Good luck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I, I don't know. And Eric says, uh, I'm sorry, Edward says, who will be the captain and assistant captains next season? There, I, I don't think there's any way there's a C put on anybody. I don't think there will be. It, I for at least a year. Not for it could a, be two. Not for a team where, much like this year, you're not going to have a lot of guys yeah. on it when they're relevant again. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're going to see kind of the same old crew wearing the A's. It'll be Murphy. It'll be Jones. Probably Tyler Johnson. Probably Tyler Johnson. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they would elevate a younger player into that role. I don't know who that would be necessarily yet. He's got a letter. No. He's letter material. Well, I think I think you're, I think your four are. Seth Jones, Connor Murphy, Tyler Johnson, Jared Tenorti. I think those are your four. Makes sense. Four, the four that wore him this year, besides Patrick Kane. Or maybe, maybe uh, if they bring back Max Domi, he gets an A. Sure. Why not? Just everybody gets an A. Every uh, a whole team a. of of alternate <laughs> captains. A bunch of A's running around out there. A bunch of A holes. Keep yeah. firing A holes. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of fire and balls of fire, <laughs> giant balls. I was of wondering fire how you were going to transition that. Uh, <laughs> it's time for an ad read, and you could take on that giant ball of fire, aka the sun, with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead. You know who's ready <laughs> for the warm re- weather ahead? Shirtless dark Shirtless guy. Shirtless dark oh, guy. There he is. Get some. Protect your eyeballs, my friend. Get yourself some premium Polaroid shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers world-class pro- product just as good, eh, even better than an expensive pair that I've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by the Lost and Broken Replacements program. If you lose or break your pair, even... If you take it out of the box and you break it because you're so excited, you crush them in your little hands. They told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. And you're going to make a difference in your community and communities all across the United States through the Shady Rays impact. They've been providing much needed support to nonprofit partners across the country. Everything from donating meals to building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. So you're going to look good and feel good every time you put your Shady Rays on. If you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange for a brand new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. An exclusive for our lovely, beautiful, talented CHGO listeners. Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the promo code CHGO at checkout, and you're going to get 50% off 
Any order that features two or more pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses. That's buy one, get one free, if I do the math correctly. Mm. And I'm bad at math, but I even think I got that right. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. And maybe Shirtless Dark Guy is one of them. Well, maybe. he's out there. There Not he is. He he's on there your he screen is. right now. That's, so in case you're wondering when we always thought, <laughs> he, he exists. There he is. He's checking in. Spring is here. Yeah. Shirtless Dark Guy has returned. And he's on his phone, so he could very well be watching live sports I'm on hoping Fubo. He's, I'm hoping he's ordering some Shady Rays. That, well, he could be doing both. Or some he could be watching live sports on Fubo whilst ordering sunglasses. Or, or buying a shirt from the CHGO locker because so he obviously things. lost his. So many things he so could many be, things. do on that phone. Uh, if you want Fubo and you're ready to cut the cord like uh, I would say most of America, Fubo is a great place to do it. Why? Because if you're a Cub fan, it is the only streaming service that offers you marquee which is great for fubo dumb by the cubs that's a different show 140 live channels of sports shows movies and news you can stream live tv from any device like dark guy's phone out there watch the most chicago sports for the lowest price and start watching immediately with a seven day free trial go to fubotv.com slash chgo there's no contract there's no cable. There's no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. You get 1,000 <coughs> hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. You've got the NFL draft coming up. The NHL draft, of course, is coming off. The playoffs are starting. And the NBA and the NHL, you got the Bulls tonight. Uh, the Cubs and Sox. And, again, the only place to watch the Cubs streaming is on Fubo TV. Watch the Cubs on Marquee and the Hawks and Bulls on NBC Sports Chicago with Fubo TV. Use the link in our description to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Go to FuboTV.com slash CHGO. I am a Fubo customer. I cut the cord myself after a short trial of Fubo, and we love it. It's great. The 4K is sparkling. It looks absolutely beautiful, and you could use it on your Roku, your Fire Stick, your Apple TV, your Smart TV. Fubo apps are there for all of it. That's how it works. It is great. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah. And you, you were watching some uh, some games in the press box while we had some downtime, and uh, it was crystal clear picture. Great streaming service that Fubo yes. TV. Yeah, it's all the it's Penguins a, lose on Fubo last night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of fun. Um, all right, another thing we learned, and I think we all sort of tend to agree with, is that the Blackhawks have found our head coach. Um, Luke Richardson has been outstanding. Every player we heard from today. Uh, went out of their way to praise him. If you want to check out a lot of the exit interview videos, go to our Twitter account at CHGO underscore Blackhawks. We probably put out maybe like a dozen, maybe more videos from oh, various a Hawks today a um, on all different sorts of topics. We're not going to play them all today, but Kyle Davidson made sure to take some time yesterday to praise his head coach. Uh, let's hear what the GM had to say. Um, I don't know if I have any specific examples. I think it's just... Over time, you know, the team came out and it's like, hey, this team plays pretty hard for them. And then they look pretty structured. You know, they're, he's putting a lot of these players in situations to succeed. And it just kept happening over and over and over again. And so it's just that consistency that you, it's, it, what, it's not just like a snapshot for right out of the gate, we look good, or right out of the gate, the structure looked uh, intact. and. and um, you know, it was something that we saw all year long, and uh, right till before the trade deadline, we had a we beat Vegas, Dallas, and Toronto. Some 
pretty good teams, Boston, you know, and then two desperate teams over the last little while in Calgary and, and Pittsburgh fighting for their playoff lives. You know, you don't do that without uh, good structure, uh, a motivated group. And, and at this point of the year, yeah, there's some motivation that comes from the players and they should be commended for that. But a lot of that is on coaches as well to get them up for it and get them motivated and get them going right from the puck drop to, to win those games. And so he's just shown, I don't think he's had a misstep all year. You know, it's been it's been a really, really impressive season from him. And it was something that went right back to our uh, our initial interviews with him. He just, he just felt it was, it was right. And the connection was there, how he saw the game, how he wanted to play the game. It was, you know, we were in lockstep. And so it, it just, it was something that after that initial interview, this is, this is the guy for sure. This is going to be two or three or four years, but you have to be really excited then to see what he's going to do with a loaded roster. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, it's, it's really, it's really exciting to, to think what, um, first of all, I, I, it's, it's really exciting to know that we've got uh, the right people in place. And that's such a big key to this. And you know, whether it's in the front office or behind the bench, you need great people. Um, you know, now it's time to find the young players to, to come in and, and fill some roles. But it's it's such a huge benefit to to feel confident in in the person running our bench. I don't think he's had a misstep all year. That is a quote from a rookie GM on a rookie head coach. That is a really good thing to hear. And while you might scoff at that, we have challenged, because I I think we kind of agree, like there might be little, little nitpicky things here and there, but anytime we've had that, we've asked, and he's had a very reasonable response to it, Yeah. right? We've asked our listeners, like, is there something we're forgetting that Luke really screwed the pooch on? Yeah. And I I can't think of anything. No. No, I I, I can't think of anything either. I, I, I really think that... You know, it was it was pretty evident, you know, early on in the season that Richardson was a, a different, uh, a much different coach than his predecessor. And, um, you know, Kyle Davidson talked about, you know, coming in and, and Richardson having a structure and everything. And Caleb Jones today um, kind of said it without saying it about Jeremy Colleton. Um said something along the lines of, you know, Luke Richardson coming in, having a, a sound structure and game plan uh, was something that they didn't play with last year. Not, and I don't know about you, but hockey without a structure doesn't seem like something that should be happening in the NHL. Hmm, let alone for over three seasons. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's Luke Richardson didn't really have a high bar set before him to cross, but I think – what he did this season with the roster he was given, um, and all the you know all the little nuances that that he brings as a as a coach, um, I think have gelled well, and I think there's there's no reason to doubt that once this team is ready to be competitive again, uh, that Richardson will be able to you know take the talent on that roster and take it to that next level, and and, and I think for his first. NHL head coaching full-time job uh, uh, we've we've said it semi-jokingly like he should probably get at least a vote for the Jack Adams award not to win but to be you know maybe 
third place or whatever, he should get some sort of vote yep. for for how the team played uh, under him and and the kind of you know the, the the roster he was given. Luke Richardson walked into the ideal situation for a first time head coach here. Yeah. Zero expectations, no, just it was the perfect storm for him to get his feet cemented in and get his way in because he knew, hey, you know what. I, I have free reign to kind of do things how I want to do. It was pretty easy for him to identify who his top six was going to be. You know, these are my four best guys. Mix and match those guys up top. And then the rest of my roster is the same freaking guy, so it really doesn't matter <laughs> where I put them. Yeah. No one was complaining about roster decisions. You have a guy that in his first year as a head coach finished one point shy of having the fewest points in the league, and his head coach and his and his boss says he did not make a single misstep. Meanwhile, the Ducks fired their coach. Today. Well, because the Ducks weren't supposed they to. They, Ducks they, they had were, expectations. They, they weren't trying. For a playoff spot. They weren't trying to finish worst. Right. They were a borderline playoff team. They've got um, some amazing young talent who just wasted it a complete season of their development. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Eakins. I mean, I think. He's. Uh, I, I don't see how he gets another job. You can't win with Connor McDavid, and then well, he's a former player, and he's white, so he'll be fine. <laughs> Valid points. <laughs> Not wrong. Uh, a good, you know, on your your you know perfect storm for Luke Richardson thing. The other thing is most of the time when a coach would jump into a situation like this with no expectations and you kind of want to lose, and that's the plan. He also this year had the benefit of managing supreme egos and it's not a knock on Kane and Taze but they have egos as they should they're two of the best players in the history of the game Seth Jones is a multi-time all-star you know like so he was in a room with guys with personality Max Domi you know like so not only is he in the I don't have to worry about winning but he also doesn't have to wait to get that experience of having that true superstar on a team like if he comes in and it's year one of a rebuild and, and it's what it looked like after the deadline, it's different than what he's had to manage for the first part of the season. Yeah. So if in two years, and fingers crossed, it's not going to happen, but Austin Matthews signs with the Blackhawks, <laughs> dealing with a personality like Austin Matthews isn't going to be foreign to Luke Richardson. Yeah. He'll have done it with Kane and Taves and Domi and on and on and on. So it really, like you say the perfect storm, it really was. No expectations, good established players in the locker room, uh, also, in that vein, to help put him over with the other guys, because when those guys buy in on Richardson, well, the others are going to fall in line too, right? And I think Jeremy Collin was a was a boob. Let's let's make no mistake. That's an insult. However, and I would never, I would never insult boobs. Do not be smirch boobs in my uh, presence. <laughs> uh, but like that dude was hired and met with an eye roll from several of the veterans he never had a shot everybody knew it was a joke yes nobody took him seriously the only person that took him seriously was jeremy colleton <laughs> and the goof that hired him from what i understand kane kind of liked him because they connected on well, like that, that analytical that brain yes they they connected on like the analytical aspect of the game so kane was like all right i'll give him a shot but the other vets were like i mean i'll I never forget the video of duncan keith just like completely tuning him out I mean, Jonathan Taves took the, the the whiteboard from him during a timeout on the ice. Oh my God. Completely emasculated Just quit. him. Just quit. He's like, give me this. Let us do it ourselves because you 
are just a waste of a suit right now. Yeah. You're a waste of, of, of oxygen behind this bench. Oh, man. It, it, it's just so frustrating that that actually – and I understand it. You see it all the time in pro sports. You usually kind of switch – you know, if it wasn't working anymore with a certain style of coach, you try and go exact opposite. Yeah. And you had Joe Quinville, the old, oh, yeah. the old school, you know, badass kind of guy. So you you wanted you wanted to do the opposite. You bring in the new school wimp. But the, yeah, you totally brought in the exact opposite. Uh, not not in a good way either. You know. So yeah, it. it and then you, Derek King. And you follow it up. Well, yeah, and Derek, Derek King, King was, was again put into a situation. Right, but Derek that, King's a guy that's going to put his arm around you and tell you knock knock jokes before he's screaming at you. Right, <laughs> that's his personality. But at least he can figure out, you know, a simple game plan. Right. Um, so yeah, it. Luke Richardson definitely laid the foundation, and a lot of guys talked about it today. When we were talking today, talking about, <coughs> excuse me, the culture. Mm-hmm. That was being laid down, and and guys were like, were being asked. I, I think it was John Dietz that kind of asked all the guys we talked to today, saying, "Hey, how long did it take you to realize that? Hey, this coach might be pretty good at this thing." And a lot of guys were saying, "Didn't take very long at all." Yeah, you know, and uh, um, you know, they talked about repetition and doing things over and over to when it got to the point where it just was normal, and that's how you do things, and. Just so so many things that just seem so simple, and so like it's right there in front of you, and and an interesting thing that Tyler Johnson had talked about about I don't know if we have that clip, but about how he's expecting things to get a little more complicated next year, mm-hmm. that now Luke has set his foundation and now he can start adding little extra pieces to it. Yeah. We have it on Twitter. On it. Steven, can I send it to you? Or are you gonna punch me? No, you can send it. All right, I don't. Steven's the last guy I wanted to punch me. <laughs> He's, he's, he goes he to the gun show every Jake day. McCabe, maybe? Well, he's not sitting eight he's, feet from us. Jake right McCabe's now. not our producer yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> no, I'm, get replaced. Not, yeah. I'm not sure which one it is. Uh, that's uh, I mean, I, 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 we he, gave you the gist. Yeah, he, yeah. he pretty much said he's, he, he thinks Luke is going to, now that he's Step got his foundation, he can bit, say, yeah. okay, now let's try this wrinkle here or this little differences here. And, and if you got guys that you know are going to be here for the long haul, like a Lucas Reichel, like one of the one or two of the younger defensemen, then you can start implementing things yeah. that you know can be used for longer periods of time. We do have our favorite orphan, um, Mackenzie Ann Whistle, talking about Luke Richardson <laughs> yeah, and his staff. <laughs> so we can fire that up. <laughs> yeah, he's been great. Um, I think uh, you know, all the as soon as he's he's gotten here, he's he's kind of uh, preached exactly what what he's wanted out of out of the players and um, you know sort of your role and and how he sees you. Um, and uh, you know, I think it, it's been great. I think you know you see improvements in our D zone. Um, I thought that really uh, was was huge. Um, and the, and and you know, I, I think he's been pretty transparent with everyone and and how he wants our team to play and. Um, you know, like I said, the last 10 games, I think you really saw that guys coming together and, and, uh, you know, not, not only Luke, but I think the whole, the whole coaching staff has, has been awesome for us this year. How does, how far does it go when he's showing mistakes of like Jonathan Taze and Patrick Keane and not just showing your guys mistakes? Yeah, obviously, um, it's pretty easy. Those guys are, those guys are, uh, um, you know, legends of the game. They're going to be in the hall of fame and, um, it's pretty easy for for uh, coaches maybe to to you know kind of leave them alone and and I, you know I think as as players everyone knows 
um, how good they are and, and uh, you know they, they, they don't really make too many mistakes but it is important I think when they do make mistakes to hold them accountable as well and, and uh, it shows the room that everyone's held, held accountable and, and um, I think Luke did a great job at, uh, at kind of managing that this year. It's raves about the coaching staff top yeah. to bottom and we found out uh, yesterday that the entire staff will return and um, no reason I, not to. I, I just think they've got a really good thing going. Yeah. You know, with you've got Luke, who is like the stalwart, never really changes mood. He'll smile every now and again. He'll get annoyed with his wife on the on a jewelry <laughs> video. Um, you got Derek King, who's like, hey, <laughs> like making jokes, running <laughs> around on the circus ball, you know, <laughs> and then Plantin King and the specialist. I just think it's a really nice yeah. uh, kind of an atmosphere yeah. there. And, and when you think that. <clears throat> most of your top NHL-ready prospects in the system now are defensemen. Having Luke Richardson and Kevin Dean there mm-hmm. yes. is huge because they, they know they've seen it all. They've done it all. They'll be able to put these guys in the right positions to succeed. Absolutely. Um, Eric, or Edwards, I keep calling him Eric. I think it's because his last name is Elric. Edwards says, Jay, why did you look at your watch when Greg was talking? Does that all the I time. get slight <laughs> notifications on my watch. Steven was telling me. He's wondering when Greg's going to shut up. Even though, even, though he's, even though he's got slack literally on his laptop right in front of him. I call major I know, but it, I, it is my I, – I, I get a buzz. I get an alert when I get a slack note. Yeah, so that's uh-huh. what it was. Yeah. I also – It's funny how you only get Usually slack, when only, Greg's talking, I go, <laughs> it's funny how you only get those slack notifications when I'm talking. You never. Get I put on like the. I put on the nightcap. You know, I get a little tea. Yeah, yeah, and I wind down with you guys with are jerks. <laughs> yeah. oh, um. All right, coaches done. Check. Where are we going next? Uh, should we how talk about? about should we talk about the draft and next season? Let's talk about the draft. Um. Okay. This one is labeled draft pieces, Stephen. This is where uh, Kyle Davidson absolutely does not shut the door. On drafting Matvey Mitchkov. He definitely lays out a really good um, kind of preview of uh, what what they're looking at going into this year's draft, which is a very important draft. Is this the longer one, Davidson, on draft process? Yes. Yes. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I think, you know, the, part, the thing about the, the draft process is that there's a lot. So there's a lot that occurs from here to the draft and a lot of uh, information that needs to be gained from here to the draft. You're always in uh, in information gathering, but a lot of the the good solid information that we get on on all the players comes when we get to meet them, talk more in depth with with player representatives, and get a better idea of their plan and and, and all that kind of thing. And so, um, but as we as we sit right now, we've got a full board. We're not taking anyone off. Uh, we're looking for the best players. We can't pass up on talent, and that's so. That's that's the that's the main endeavor. Is, is we need to find high end talent. Are you guys physically in a room on May eighth when they do this? Um, you know what? I'm not too sure what the plan is. I, I think Steiny and, and they, they might have a better idea than me. I'm just focusing on the end of the year here, and then we'll we'll get to May May eighth. You know, it's a little ways away, so we'll we'll figure out where we're at then. I'm wondering how you see the, the tiers of these um, draft prospects. If it's like a three-tier, a three-player ge- generational type player tier, and if your draft position is not in that group, uh, will you? Is it possible to package picks to move in and get the, the generational player that you want with all the assets that you have? 
been scouting this year. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I think that's, you know, going back to what I said earlier, that's kind of something that you can't control. Uh, draft lottery can't control, uh, can't control what other teams are willing to and not willing to do. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, there, there's a lot of options available in the draft. Um, you know, we, we happened to move into the first round last year more than once. Um, uh, you know, do we, can you move up? Can you move back? You stick and stick and pick, you know, like it's, uh, everything's on the table. You know, everything's on the table for us because um, we can't pass on any opportunity that might make us that little bit better down the road. And so we'll we'll see where um, the lottery goes, and then we'll we'll figure out what the best path is after that. So talent is the number one option. It sounds like Mitch would be somebody that you wouldn't drop just because he's not available until twenty twenty six. Um, I, I wouldn't say that. You know, I, I think there's, like I said, there's everyone's everyone's on the on the board, and and um, you know, I don't necessarily think that uh, being available to us tomorrow is a prereq for us to to draft you or not. Um, you know what? There's again, this is not something that we're going to fix overnight. It's not something we're going to fix in Nashville at the draft. It's something that's going to take time. This was year one. Uh, I thought we had a great draft class last year. We'll see how they develop and where uh, we're early returns are positive. Hopefully uh, we have the same feeling leaving Nashville in the 2023 class. And then there's gonna be more classes after that. And, and, and so, and then hopefully at some point when the collective comes together, uh, we've got ourselves a pretty special team. So um, it, it's, um, we're not taking anyone off the board. We're not taking uh, anyone uh, out of consideration just because they might not be available to us in a year or two or whatever. And so uh, uh, I think that would be uh, a disservice to our, our endeavor for acquiring the best players. So it's something that's under consideration, lots of work to do, lots of things to learn uh, between now and, and the draft in Nashville. So we'll see where it goes. Or as of right now, sorry, we're good. Uh, draft capital. So yeah, I mean, as much as we talked about it, you know, the the role of the dice that Mavi Mitchkov would present uh, as a as a draft pick if he's if he's there for the Blackhawks. Um, to, to Kyle Davidson, he said they can't you you can't pass up on talent. You know, we we need to uh, bring in as, as as much talent as possible. Uh, and and I like the I liked the line of Davidson's when he said, you know, being available to us tomorrow is not a pre prerequisite um, to be drafted. So they 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 the, the scouting staff uh, I I I think that they're they're going to go with whoever is the best available on their board when they come up with that first pick. And and I like what Davidson said too is that you know. There's last year's draft class. There's this year's draft class. There's next year's draft class. It's all a collective. So, as much as 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 we have focused on who their first pick of this year's draft class is going to be, it's just as important what they do with the rest of those picks. And a lot of them are are top end picks. So it's uh, it's 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 more than just what they do with that first pick. But uh, that first pick on May eighth, we will find out who it would be. 
but as we will uh, play our next little short little video here, um, depending on where the, the lottery balls favor or doom, quote-unquote, the Blackhawks, Kyle Davison is saying that that's not really changing what they do uh, this offseason. Your offseason plans influenced by where you land in the draft lottery? Um, I don't think they will be all that influenced. Um, I, I guess we just have to see as well, you know, like who the thing about the free agency is we're so far out that guys might sign and to say, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're really diving into that pool. Like we know the players, that's what you have a professional scouting staff for and, and, uh, and analytics departments for, but, um, it's it's way too early to say oh we're gonna pick here in the draft this player this player our guys we're gonna sign it because they might just resign with their teams and you know it's it's way too early for that I don't think it'll dictate how we operate on July one. Yeah, it's a message he he said in a lot of different ways where it's kind of like it's too early to even predict how yeah. things are gonna go. A lot of the as it pertains to the draft, a lot of the the learning happens now after the season preparing for the draft that's when they really really get it they of course they've been scouting all year and but now they really get into draft mode where it is their primary focus this is when they'll kind of get a feeling for what is mitch cause reality mm-hmm. right like can he leave will he leave what kind of relationship does he have with the government of russia does he want to come to the nhl is he on the fence about that like all this sort of stuff is now is done at this point of the game. Yeah. Somebody like Mitchkov, they probably have started that process a little bit sooner because they want to know if they have to completely eliminate him from their uh, scouting. Uh, Alan K points it out. Uh, they do have uh, a number of uh, European scouts, but Carol Pavlik is the primary one in Russia, keeping an eye on things. Uh, he's not in Russia, but keeping an eye on Russia, Russian prospects. So, yeah, um, yeah that really that, – that, that prep process begins now. And as you said about free agency – you can make your targets, and then all those guys can be signed by the time free agency starts. Yep. So, he's yawned when I read. We're even. We're even. <laughs> yep. See that, Eric or Ehrlich or whatever your name is? Oh, hey. Uh, about the fair play there, pal. Edward. <laughs> Edward. <laughs> I don't have a watch to look at, so I, had to, I just went for the yawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey. Uh, I have no segue. Goose Island Beer Company. <laughs> That won't make you yawn. It's delicious. <laughs> it could sleep. make you yawn. It could make you energized. It could do anything for you. But whatever it does, it's going to taste great. They are the official beer sponsor of us here at CHGO, and they are, of course, Chicago's beer since 1988. They're deep and talented beer roster full of all-stars like the Blackhawks Pale Ale, the Bull City 312, the Bourbon County Stout, the Beer Hug IPA series, the Green Line, uh, and it's it's summertime, allegedly. Uh, so that means it's shandy season. Lemon and tangerine shandies are coming at you from Goose Island Beer Company. And, of course, cannot forget the staple of their lineup, the 312 Wheat Ale in the bright and distinguishable golden can. Uh, you can try all of these beers and more at Goose Island's two local locations, which are open and ready to welcome you. You can grab a beer right from their innovation tanks at the Goose Island Tap Room at 1800 West Fulton. Save that address. Or you can get a smash burger and a fresh beer of the week at the original Clybourne Brew House at 1800 North Clybourne. For reservations and pickup, go to gooseisland.com slash locations. That is the Goose Island Beer Company. 
And the Combat Energy Efficiency Program, Greg, is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. Did you know that? I actually did know that. Hmm. Did you know that Combat offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory? Hmm. Combat offer also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. Now, how does that whole thing work, Greg? Can you break it down for me? Actually, I can. Break it down. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a ComEd expert. <laughs> because an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Then within about three or four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy and efficiency projects they can start working on, not later, but immediately. Mm. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project cost, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you own a business, don't wait. Get start saving money and energy today. I could definitely use some more energy. For energy <laughs> saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, Go to comed.com slash poweringbiz, B-I-Z. That's, that's correct. I pulled up the website yesterday. Yes, comed.com slash poweringbiz. It works. There's a lovely woman model on the website. That's how you know you're at the right page. <laughs> Not like in a bikini or anything. Just a lady doing some energy stuff. She's a professional. And you say do it immediately. Kyle Davidson, he would wait. He'd be so patient with the comed thing, and that would be a mistake. Because he'd be missing out on saving money and energy. <laughs> that's right. Do it do today. It, do it right away. Yes. Let's go, Kyle. You can't be well, patient. Well, we're done. Don't Get do it, it done. right now. Wait wait till we go off the air. Then you can go yeah. Get it check done. out other websites. All right. We're almost done. A couple other things we definitely want to play for you. Kyle Davidson talked about Lucas Reichel. Let's hear what he had to say about the best Blackhawk right now. I, I think it's just his his uh, habits in, in Rockford, and not that he had bad habits before, but there were just some things we wanted to clean up, um, some things we wanted him to experience. Uh, Playing center, being a uh, playing big big minutes, every situation, um, leadership role, uh, and then you know as the season went on, he and he came up uh, after Christmas, after New Year's, and and looked really good, and then the plan was for him to go back down, so he stuck to the plan. He went back down, and uh, a huge credit to uh, Lucas, who after that that stint in. Uh, you know, mid-season there, he could have said, you know what, I'm an NHL player. I don't, I don't need to, you know, put all this work in in Rockford. It didn't happen. That speaks to the character of the, of the player and his growth mindset. Um, and then he came up and, and just showed again that he's, he, he was, he was ready for for the NHL. And uh, and now he's gone back down. And uh, I was over watching uh, watching him the other night and, and thought he was fantastic. Again, sometimes you, you don't know how players will react the first couple games down in, in Rockford, but dynamite. And so I think it's a credit to the, the player uh, and the work he put in that he showed us he was ready. He left no doubt. Uh, he left no doubt. So Lucas Reichel is a full-time NHLer next season. Leave no doubts. So with that in mind, how else can we expect next season to look? Um, I think next year what... Uh, I see is the infusion of some some more of the young talent that you've seen on uh, an up-down basis from Rockford, more full-time. Um, and then 
supporting that those young players with uh, maybe some new players in the organization, whether it be um, free agency trade. You know, I, I, I again, we're going to prioritize flexibility. Uh, we're going to prioritize uh, keeping uh, our, our salary cap position advantageous, so that that doesn't mean we're we're going out and, and signing long term deals. That's not where we're at. Uh, you know, this is a this is a rebuild. They take time. You can't take any shortcuts, uh, and and we're just going to let that develop over time and see see where it goes. But I think the exciting thing for next year is that we're going to have some of these young players up on the squad full time. You hopefully oh, you have to sign some guys just to even hit the floor, yep. right? It's just, are you kind of imagining bringing in guys in like one or two year deals to just get to the floor and have some guys here for a short term and then figure things out long term later? Uh, yeah, well. I think the, the flexibility aspect is really key for us because we don't want to block any of our young prospects out should they uh, uh, show us that they're ready to play full-time in NHL minutes. And if you have long-term contracts, then they could block players out. I'm not saying that any of the players we potentially could bring in in the summer aren't players that could be here you know, beyond whatever we sign them for, whatever their contract dictates. but. Um, we're going to remain flexible on that one, but the flexibility in going shorter-term deals is is something that we're we're going to going to look at because of uh, the need to keep options open for our younger players. Are buyouts on the table for similar reasons? Um, yeah, I think we'll have to see. Uh, I think that's something we'll probably determine over the next couple of months when we see what's available on the trade market and stuff like that. But that's probably too early to get too much into that one there you have it that's how next year is going to look for the blackhawks so a bit more of the same but uh some younger players uh more full-time i think the biggest challenge for davidson this offseason is going to be getting to the cap floor they've got to add a ton of salary to get there yeah i mean you know you can you can add a couple of short-term contracts like he was saying like they want to have flexibility so you're not going to see him go out and overpay for a free agent give him a seven-year, you know, huge contract. I think you're going to see a, a similar deal to what, you know, Athanasiu and, and Max Domi had coming in this year where it was just like, hey, come, come here for a year or two years at maybe a million more than you're actually worth. And you you, you have a couple of those. Maybe you, um, you know, you, you trade in one bad contract uh, in the offseason. Um, Seems you know, to, to maybe add some draft capital or something like that and help yourself get to the floor. I mean, that seems like a route that he could, that he could go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there, there's not a lot of groundbreaking moves that I think he's going to make. I think it's going to be a lot of small moves that maybe are uh, a little bit, you know, overpriced, but for a purpose. So you're saying Chris Letang to the Blackhawks this offseason? Sure. <laughs> Chris Letang and Seth Jones, top pair. Hey, you figure, you figure whoever, if Chris Latane ever gets traded, the GM is, is thinking, well, those last three years, he's just going to be on LTIR anyway. So Future Arizona Coyote. But he f- certainly fits the mold. <laughs> certainly. Yeah. So, right. yeah, it, it'll, it'll be get interesting. Get those Evgeny Malkin Blackhawk jerseys ordered now. <laughs> yeah. That's not a long history of 71s. So Wendell Clark, I think, is the only one. Yeah. Oh, there you yeah, go. Guy. Short for history. 13 games. Yeah, that was a fun week. <laughs> Very short history. <laughs> so, yeah, next next year's roster, it'll be a little bit younger. Um, 
but it'll be kind of still and, and we still have to figure out what he's going to do with you know the, the the free agents that were uh that are on the roster now going into this offseason um a couple of them are seem to be pretty much guarantees to come back and we talked a little bit about it last night Philip Kershev should have a deal as soon as possible that seems likely um and there's a couple other guys too that are going to help them get to the floor but uh but yeah I mean it's 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 going to be a little different a little younger um and it seems like the the goal will still be to try and look towards the future have some flexibility um maybe move move a few deals uh, or move a few players at, at at the deadline um but I think next season will look a little bit more like hey taking a step I don't think I don't think it's going to necessarily be a tank season but I think they'll find themselves in the lottery oh, once again. They'll be in the conversation They're going to be in bottom five again, but at least it's not going to be without any kind of signs of help. Right. Right. It's going to be because you're going to have a lot of growing pains with some younger players. Mm-hmm. There's going to be more players here next year that actually matter to the future of this team. So the, just and so I can't wait. Yeah, me too. Just so everybody knows, the free agents are – unrestricted free agents are Athanasiu – uh, Jujar Kara, uh, obviously Jonathan Taves, Andreas Englund, uh, Alex Stalock, Anton Hudobin, you got to get him back. That's for damn sure. And Buddy Robinson, mm. your restricted free agents are Andres Bjork, Austin Wagner, Philip Kurashev, Caleb Jones, Ian Mitchell, and uh, let's see. Um, I'm getting guys that matter, sorry. Joey Anderson is a restricted free agent. Galvis Regula are restricted free agents. Soderbloom is a restricted free agent. So all these guys that they envision as future Hawks need new contracts. They will be raises. Not significant, but they'll be raises. And just sort of before we wrap up, Athanasiu and Kara both talked about returning, and neither of them seemed super confident they were going to be back. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Athanasiu was almost like, I don't have a choice where I play. I got to play for who didn't he? Yeah, kind of that was kind of that, a, that was a weird that was a weird statement. He was like, "I'd like to be back, but I don't. It's not really in my control." I'm like, "Dude, you're unrestricted free agent. Yeah, you can, you can you choose can wherever you want to go based on who Sounds wants like you to go there." Sounds like he's a lot of phone calls. It's, it's 20 seconds. Place. You want to just play it real quick? Sure. A fantasy. Fire yeah, there you go. Uh yeah. I mean, I that's out of my control, obviously, right now. But uh, you know, it's you don't really get to pick and choose where, but. Uh, you know, anytime you get an opportunity to play in this league, it's, uh, it's an awesome thing. So, you know, obviously that's uh, in my head, and uh, you know, I'd love to, you know, be a Blackhawk for sure. I mean, I he understands how free agency works, right? I don't think so. I, I mean, he, he was a the free worst agent ever. He was a free agent last year. Like, you'd, <laughs> I mean, like did he not? Yeah, Hawks. did he not have a choice to come here? I, I'm, I'm, Apparently, I'm the confused. Blackhawks were the only team that called. I mean, I, I mean, thought being a free agent meant you literally get to pick and choose. Where <laughs> yeah, you are free to choose your agency. I, I, I think for Athanasiu, the the scouting report is out on him. You know exactly who he is at the NHL level. He's a twenty goal, forty point guy this year. Leading They're, scorer, leading scorer, the leading black scorer on the Blackhawks. There you go. There's your bingo card. Hey, um, get him another five hundred k on the on the free agency market. Yeah, I I would imagine the Blackhawks wouldn't be the only NHL team that would offer him a contract. So if he wanted to go to a wanted to have a, a different opportunity, um, he would have it. So I don't know. It's it he, seemed he, it seemed very odd that he was kind of just like, well, whatever. He did like, go on to sort of indicate that he's he wants a little more long term security. 
which is understandable. Uh, understandable. It's been one year yeah. after one year after one year, and that's tough. It's tough. I mean, you know, yeah. he's well into his career. He's established. Even though he is an imperfect player, he is a guy probably worthy of a little bit of stability. Sure. So, two-year deal for Athanasiu, I'm down. Three-year deal, I'm down for where they are right now. He's shown yeah. the versatility. I, I'd like to see him play center for a year. Luke was really, really encouraged by what he... We're getting long. We got all summer to talk about this crap. Yes, we do. We should wrap up the oh. show. Before we do, I think we all want to take a minute as our regular season is completely over today, finally over uh, for sure. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. I know it was a really tough year. I know there were a lot of losses. I know that there was a, a lot of heartbreak with uh, beloved players traded and guys that you would kind of come to like, like Domi and McCabe, moved out too. Um, but a lot of the same people have been with us from show one to show 82 through the regular season, and uh, we're not going anywhere. We'll be here five days a week uh, starting Monday at 2 p.m. every day. Uh, we've got the draft lottery, the draft, everything coming up, so we're not going anywhere, but I think we all just want to say thanks uh, for making this season so easy and fun. Absolutely. Uh, it's always nice to jump on the show after a game at 11.30 at night, and there's 150 people watching. Yes. It's a good yeah, feeling. Really. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun, and you guys, we wouldn't be able to do this without you. You know, we'd all have to go out and get real jobs again. Yeah, I, screw I don't that. ever want to do that again. <laughs> so, I am forever grateful for each and every one of our uh, subscribers, diehards, regular listeners. You yep. guys, uh, you guys are helping me live out my dream. So I, I appreciate each and every one of you. Yep. Yeah, uh, I echo all the previous statements. Um, really appreciate it it's it's a lot of fun uh what, what we get to do um even though some people have said like i can't believe you have to talk about this team it's just like yeah well i don't want to do anything else so but yeah cleaning toilets. not qualified be to be do doing anything it anyway else. so yeah uh so yeah i appreciate everybody uh and their support their kind words uh even the harsh words sometimes hey at least you're listening right yeah so we're for Howard Stern. Hey, the, yeah. the hate listeners help our ratings and revenue too. So hate away. So we, yeah, we, yep. we appreciate everyone. Uh, the summer's going to be fun. Uh, we did a lot of fun things during the season. We're going to do a lot of fun things uh, in the summer. And before you know it, it'll be prospect camp and training camp. And we'll be right back here in September and October ready for the next season. So it's, it's going to be a good time. Stay with us. Join us. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell the strangers on the street. Uh, it really, really helps us out. Yep. Share an episode with a Hawks fan in your life. Maybe that Taves episode from last night. I think everybody would enjoy that one. All right. We're going to wrap things up, reminding you that we're presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Before you X out, smash that like button for us. We'd appreciate that. And we'll talk to you Monday at 2 p.m. on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.